I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. It's great to be here. I, I don't know about you. This fall is my favorite time of the year. Like I absolutely love fall. I, I like plaids. I like, no, I love plaid. I, I, I like hot drinks on a cold day. I love when it's kind of cool, but it's sunny. I like leaves. I, I don't like raking leaves. Anybody else? Right? Okay. Uh, and so all of that kind of, I just, I love fall. And man, Wisconsin is a great place to be here for fall. Just look at your neighbor for just a moment and just go, man, today is a great day. Just, just, just tell them that. Yeah. Now I want you to act like you believe it, right? Today's a great day. Come on. Now say it again. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a great day. Man, you are a tough crowd today. It's like the baby dedication and everything kind of goes downhill from there. Okay, well, we'll keep working this. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. I'm going to get there in just a minute, Matthew, chapter 1. And I'm going to go from there to the Old Testament, but we'll start there. Um, I, I want to talk today about a subject matter that a uh, bit of, of a personal experience, but also just something I just think is good for us to think about for a minute. Now, for those of you that don't know me, hi, my name's Aaron, uh, and I'm the pastor here at Life Church, and uh, I am, uh, I'm an optimist. Now, I'm not like a crazy optimist, like a pie in the sky, just kind of, uh, you know, starry-eyed, dreamy type of an optimist, but, but I am an optimist. I'm a realist. So I, I, I believe we're going to win. It may take us a little bit of time. I believe we're going to overcome. We'll have some obstacles. But in the end, we're, we're going to have victory. I, I just, I have this internal core in me that we're going to win the battle, win the war, win the game. It's, it's just going to happen. And, and we, we may have a couple of shots here and there. And there, there, there may be a couple of battles. But we're going to win, right? That, that's, just, that's just how I'm wired. And, and I'm also one of these kind of people that I thrive a bit on adversity. If you tell me something cannot be done, there is something inside of me that goes, oh, yeah? You know, it's the famous last words of any redneck. Hey, watch this. Or here, hold my beer. I mean, that, that's just what happens, right? That's kind of the, and so the deal is it's, I'm just kind of wired that way. And so uh, I'm also the kind of person that when things go bad, I think leaders have to kind of, you, you, in the moment of crisis, you keep the coolest head that you possibly can and you get people through it. If you're a leadership reader at all, uh, there's a classic called uh, Good to Great by a guy named Jim Collins. In that, Jim Collins talks about what's called the Stocksdale Paradox, which actually comes from Stanford University, a professor that was there, the Hanoi Hilton uh, during the Vietnam War. And basically they said, how did people, the people that got through the Hanoi Hilton, and if you've ever been in Hanoi, uh, Vietnam, and I have, and you've been there, it's, it's quite, you wonder how these guys made it through. And I remember listening, thinking about to this reading and then standing in there where guys like John McCain and other people had been in those rooms and in those places uh, during that war and that conflict. And they said this, the people that had like these ideas that we're going to get out by Christmas, we're going to get out by New Year's, we're going to get out by Easter, we're going to get out by the 4th of July, we're going to get out by, they died. But the guys that were there that said, look, we're going to get out. We don't know when. We don't know how long, we don't know how, how tough it's going to be. It's going to be tough, but we are going to live to die another day and we will emerge from this place at some point in time. Those are the people that survived. It's called the Stocksdale Paradox. It's, it's, this, it's this optimistic realism that says we may face something of difficulty, but we're going to overcome. 
I really resonate with that. Well, as a leader, you know, just a couple of years ago when everything hits and COVID hits and, and the world uh, just completely, you know, changes, it, it, it's like in that moment, okay, we've, what are we going to have to do? How are we going to have to do this? We think this is going to be a few weeks. It turns into a few months and then even to a couple of years. And it's just, it's kind of a bit crazy. And as a leader, you're just trying to look at things. You're trying to navigate the new landscape as you're emerging out of it. You're trying to walk through your, as a person, you're trying to go, what happened to the world in which we live in? And in America, we experience things differently, I think, than what, what I have friends in different parts of the world talking to them. They experienced a worldwide pandemic as far as a health crisis. But in America, it was much more than that. There was political tensions, there were racial tensions, there were economic tensions at, at crazy. There, there were just, it, it like everything. And you talk to these other guys and they'll say, honestly, we didn't face some of the things you guys faced and, and whatever. For us, it was a health crisis, but for you, there were so many layers. So as a leader in crisis, we're going to get through this. We're going to make it through this. We don't know when. We don't know what the outcome, but we're going to survive, but we're going to manage it through. And so what happens is, is you get into this very managerial, managing the day, going through the day, just trying to take times and seasons. Probably as a person, you do the same thing. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. I remember talking to, to people that if I said their names, many of you in this room would know them. Uh, they're, 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 they're college coaches and, and high capacity leaders in different parts of the country that I know. And they're on the phone with me just saying, I have not spent this much time at home with my family because I, I, can't, I can't go to the office. We can't go, I, I can't go to the, to, to the athletic complex. We're, we're, I mean, it's just everything has changed. And in that moment, you kind of get into this mindset. We got to make it through, 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 make it through. Well, we're through. And I had a conversation this past summer and I had a, a pastor friend who we were having dinner with. Tammy and I were having dinner with he and his wife. And uh, he made this statement. He said, I realized being a leader, I quit dreaming. Somewhere along the way, I got so involved in trying to get myself through, get my family through, get the church through that I quit dreaming. I quit making these big dreams. I quit saying, God, what is it that you want us to do? And, and who are we gonna reach this year? And, and where are we gonna invest money in missions? And what are we gonna do to change the world this year? And I, my, everything got so kind of shrunk down, kind of like a pair of 501 Levi's and just shrink down, right? And when he said that, it hit me. Boom, that's me. That's me. Because I'm trying to make sure that you're okay. I'm trying to make sure every campus is okay. I'm trying to make sure that I got new people coming in. I got people leaving. I got people saying I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. I got people saying you are the worst thing that's ever walked on the face of the planet. How can you be both? I don't know, but here I am. I, 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 I've got all of this stuff. And I'm not dealing with anything you're not dealing with. I, I've got a daughter who graduated high school and that summer we don't know when's graduation gonna be, you know? So my brother gets married the exact same weekend that Germantown does a high school graduation and I can't be at both places and I'm gonna be there at her graduation. And so it's just, it's just a kind of a, I'm in all of these worlds and just trying to figure and what's gonna happen? Is the other shoe gonna drop? And what are we gonna do? And, and in the middle of that, I quit dreaming. I quit asking the question, God, what is it that you want me to do? God, what is it that you want me to take? What is the ground that you want me to take? 
George Bernard Shaw said it this way about dreams. You see things and say, why? But I dream things that never were, and I say, why not? Mary Parker Follett says this, the most successful leader of all is one who sees another picture not yet actualized. And one of my heroes of the faith, Pastor Tommy Barnett says, dream a dream so big that only God can fulfill it. And I realized it had been a while since I dreamed a dream so big that God himself, only he can fulfill it. If you're taking notes, write down this statement. Dreams don't drive you, they draw you. Dreams do not drive you, they draw you. There's something about a dream. It doesn't drive you, it draws you, it pulls you, it brings it to you. Joseph, the father of Jesus, was given three dreams that the Bible tells us about. Very interesting, because sometimes we talk about dreams, you go, this is pie in the sky, this is real Pollyanna, this is just really, no, 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 this is all biblical. God speaks and works through dreams. I'm gonna show you, Old Testament, New Testament. Matthew chapter one, verse 20. But after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Matthew 1.20, and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and she will give birth to a man and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Think about this for a moment. To anyone who ever dismisses the idea that God speaks through dreams, God confirms the birth of his one and only son in a dream. That's not Pollyanna, that's not pie in the sky. This is one of the way God works and moves. So Joseph does exactly that. Joseph takes Mary to be his wife, we know the rest of the story, and she gives birth to a son, and his name is, and he names him Jesus. Chapter two, verse 13. And when they had gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, and take the child, Jesus, and his mother, Mary, and escape to Egypt. Why? Because the genocide was being imposed by King Herod, because Herod had heard about the Christ child and all the prophecies that had been, were being, had been foretold were being fulfilled. And so Herod basically uh, kills all the sons that had been born under the age of two. So in a dream, God speaks to Joseph yet again and says, now leave leave Bethlehem, leave Israel, and go to a foreign country and go to Egypt. And that's where they do. All through a dream. Going back to verse number 19, and after Herod died, so the king that had imposed the genocide, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and says, get up and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who were trying to take the child's life are now dead. So the life of Christ is guided in his early years through God the Father, through his father, earthly father, Joseph, through dreams. And a thousand years earlier, God gave another dream to another Joseph. And if you were at the road trip revival, you heard about Joseph two nights in a row, which if we were hearing it three nights, it'd be like, oh God, what have we done? Talk to us. But in this, we realize that not only does God give us dreams, but the enemy of our soul wants to take those dreams and steal them. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there, but if not, I'm just going to be on the screen. Genesis chapter 37, the story of Joseph, verse number five. 
And Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brother, they hated him all the more. And when he told his father, he was rebuked. And they mockingly called him the dreamer. We know that Joseph's dream wasn't himself. It wasn't his own arrogance. It was truly a situation whereby God was speaking to him at a young age. This is what I want to do in your life. And this is how I'm going to work in your life. Just a parenthetical thought. Moms, dads, your kids come to you and say, I got this dream. Don't, don't mock and scoff at it. I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. Don't, don't, you, you may want to give it a moment and pray and process it before you react. Before you do as Jacob, Joseph's father, does and rebukes him. Because the reality is, is that the dream that Joseph had became a reality. The dream that Joseph had was to become, Joseph is what we call, what theologians call a Christophany. It's a Christ type in the Old Testament. Interesting how God both speaks to Joseph's through dreams, Old Testament and New Testament. Joseph will be the savior of his people because he will become second in command to Egypt. There will be seven years of fat, seven years of plenty, and they'll be followed by seven years of lean. And the years of lean will basically bring the nation of Israel to Egypt because of the stockpile, because of the dream. And the ability to interpret dreams is what put Joseph in that position in order to save the nation of Israel, and they come to Egypt. The same way through the dream that we read in Matthew's gospel, the Christ child is protected. The Savior and the salvation of the people are protected yet once again, and God moves them. Isn't it interesting? From Israel to Egypt, from Egypt to Israel. Hmm, I don't have time to unpack the parallels in that, but it's one of those things in the words of the great theologian Arsenio Hall. It's the things that make you go, hmm. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Three opponents to dreams. First opponent to dreams is the devil. The person that wants to take your dream, the person that wants to keep you from dreaming, the person that wants to stop your dreams, the person that wants to mock your dreams, the person that wants to rebuke you in your dreams is Satan himself. He will do everything in his power to steal and to kill and to destroy your dream. Aaron, that sounds pretty bold. Well, Jesus says it this way in John's gospel, chapter 10, verse 10, that the, the thief, Satan, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. What's a dream? A dream is something that's in your heart. It's this desire in your heart for a preferred future, for a preferred opportunity. Maybe it's a dream that God's got on your heart for you to do something or accomplish something. Maybe it's God's put a dream in your heart to go reach a people that are far away from God. Maybe it's something that God's put in your heart because he wants to use you in a great way and he wants to change the trajectory of your family. Maybe, maybe you were raised in a family that's just hellacious and horrible and you go, I'm not gonna raise my kids this way. I'm I'm going to stop this generational curse. I'm going to stop all of this. And right now, today, it stops. And I have this dream that I'm going to be married, that I'm going to have children, that I'm going to raise a family, and that that family is going to produce children and grandchildren. We're going to change the whole trajectory of our family. Maybe God's put a dream in your heart to start a business or have an innovative idea and to be able to do that. And you want to utilize that for his glory and the blessing of your family. Maybe God's called you into ministry and you're some kid sitting on a church 
pew today, you're sitting in a seat here in this room or you're watching online and, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart that I've called you, that I've set you apart, that my hand is on you and I wanna use you and there's nothing around you that seems to make that possible, but God says it is. Maybe it's a dream that you wanna go to college or you wanna be, you wanna be a physician or, 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 you, or you wanna be a politician or, 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 or you wanna go into Hollywood and you wanna change the way media is done. You wanna shape the world in which we live in. I don't know how big, how small, how significant or how insignificant. But the thing about a dream is that it gives you life. The thing about a dream is that it gives you hope. The thing about a dream is that it gives you purpose. And when God speaks a dream into your heart, it, it's down deep in your heart. Satan himself will do everything he can to destroy that. Why? Because your purpose, your reason for being on this planet is directly connected to that. And he wants to disconnect that. Because if he can disconnect you from your dream that God's given you, then he's disconnected your life and he thwarts the entire process. Second opponent to your dream, jealousy. Jealousy. Unfortunately, not everyone will rejoice in your dream. Be careful who you tell your dreams to. I'm telling you from, from experience, be careful whom you tell your dreams to. Genesis 37, 19 and 20, talking of Joseph and his brother said, and here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come on now, let's kill him, throw him into one of the cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him and then we'll see what comes of his dreams. I don't know what it is about humanity. We can celebrate people's failures, but we have a hard time celebrating people's dreams and their successes. You wanna test a friendship and a relationship? Just become successful. There's something about that that, well, I'm uncomfortable with that. I, you, you make more than I make, or you, you live at a higher level, or you're more, you, you, you've got more academic credential than what I have, or you, whatever. You're an utter failure? Oh, so sorry. Let me have pity on you. One is reaching down. The other one feels like they're having to reach up. Jealousy. Joseph's brothers, they could not understand how could their brother ascend to such heights. Look at Jesus. Jesus goes to Nazareth. Remember Jesus is Jesus of Nazareth, right? It's his hometown. Jesus of Nazareth, he goes to Nazareth and he says, I wish that I could do miracle signs and wonders here, but they won't let me do this because a prophet has no honor in his hometown. They can't see me beyond that. They don't see me as anything more than the carpenter's son who played pickup ball in the street, who ran around the schoolyard with the other kids. That's how they view me. They have not the ability to see me as a son of God. Jealousy. Whatever dream that God's put in your heart, Somebody gave me this advice early on, and it has been gold. Be careful who you share that with. I don't know what it is. I do know what it is. It's our own insecurities. It's our own flesh. It's our own sin and deprivation that we want to squelch someone else's success. Nothing great can come from Germantown. Nothing great can come from Milwaukee right? 
We're not innovators. We're not creators. We, we, we don't do that. Let everybody else do that. Let, let Silicon Valley take care of that. Let, 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 you know, we're, we're, we're not trying to be this city. Or, we, we're just, we're who we are and we're just kind of, and, and it's just, where does that come from? No, 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 no. Great things, great things have come from this area. Great things can come from this area. Great things will come from this area. And in the great words of the great theologian, Aaron Cole, you can get a bag of Funyuns and Diet Coke and you can watch it happen, but it's going to happen. Because the deal is, is that God puts things in our hearts. God's put stuff in your heart. Have you quit dreaming? Have you allowed somebody else to mock you, make fun of you, ridicule you, marginalize you? Third opponent to a dream, last one, ourselves. Ourselves. It's not just the devil, it's not just other people, it's us. We oftentimes can become the greatest opponent to the dream that God's put in our heart. And I'm just here to tell you, don't let doubt or unbelief allow you to become the enemy of your own dream. Joseph has been sold into slavery and been in, 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 uh, now gone to the palace of Potiphar's house and then back in prison now. And there's this cupbearer and, and there's this, uh, this, this baker and they're all there in prison together. And they have these dreams and Joseph interprets them. They get out. And Joseph says, hey, don't, don't forget me. And there's a haunting verse in, in Genesis chapter 40, verse 23. And the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. And the next verse is, and Joseph remained there in prison for two years. And we read that and we go, okay, two years. Two years. Right? Two years. I mean, it's a long time. Like, how about I just put you on hold for two years? I've been trying to get a piece of luggage from American Airlines, and I've been on hold for <laughs> two years. Feels like. If I get a call right now in the middle of the sermon, I'm gone. I just, I got to take it. It's a long time. And he forgot him. Man, Aaron, I had this dream when I was young. Man, I felt like God spoke to my heart. Life happened. This happened. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. Maybe it was a bad Chipotle. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I just, no, man. When God puts a dream in your heart, when God puts something there, it's very easy for you to talk yourself out of it. It, it can't be me, and I, I can't do this. And, and, and here's all the reasons why it can't work. And here's the funny thing. You will look at other people and go, well, they never have those feelings of insecurity. Oh, yes, they do. They never have those feelings of insignificant. Oh, yeah, they do. I, you know, I, I always joke, but it's somewhat true. I, I quit every Monday morning. I'm just done with this. I'm going to go work at Walgreens, and, and I'm, that's it. I'm I, I, 
And, and, but, but before I quit, I have a cup of coffee. And, I, and then I say to myself, self, you can go one more week. And I go one more week. And so if you ever see me having a cup of coffee on Monday morning, don't talk to me because it could be the end. We all have those moments. We all have those feelings. We all have those like, is it going to happen? Is it actually going to do this? I can't tell you how many times I've sat on that parking lot that you pulled in on today and sat there and said, God, I didn't ask to be here. I didn't ask for this, but you called me. And I know that you called me and your word says that this is what you put in my heart. And as a young kid growing up in Fort Smith, Arkansas, this is the dream that you put in my heart. And this is where you called me to go. And I don't get this. And I feel a bit like Paul who's writing the letter to Romans saying, hey, I'm on my way to Spain. But on my way to Spain, which was the epicenter of everything happening in the world, I'm gonna stop off in Rome. And we know he never makes it to Spain. He's in Rome. And so I'm here in Rome, God, and I'm doing what you've called me to do and I'm being faithful to what you call me to do but every door is shutting people are laughing in my face I can't get bankers that will finance anything that we're trying to do I've got guys telling me according to your numbers you're topped out you're never going to be able to get more I've had people calling me that were Christian godly men saying maybe you know you really anything really great happened in Milwaukee how about go to this city or that city or how about we've got an opportunity to go here or there but this is where you've called me and this is where you place me and you won't release me and this is your problem oh no 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 I'm not doing this for applause I'm saying we all feel that way and in that moment the still small voice of the Holy Spirit says yep that's the way it, I, the Holy Spirit speaks to me <laughs> yep this is where I called you this is where I placed you and if you'll be faithful with what I've spoken to your heart I will do an exceedingly and abundantly above all you can think or ask. Just don't talk yourself out of the dream. Don't talk yourself out of what God's called. And it doesn't matter if the cupbearer forgets you and for two years you sit in prison and it feels like you're in isolation and it feels like you're stalled out. God has not forgotten you. How do you know if it's a God dream or a good dream? If it's a God dream, it's bigger than you. If it's a God dream, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. I can't do this on my own. I, I, I don't have the resources. I don't have the ability. If it's a God dream, you can't let it go. I've tried. I've tried to walk away from it. I've tried. Man, I could preach an hour on that. The numbers of times that I've tried to walk away from whatever vocational ministry. This was not my calling. I wanted to be a business guy, be an attorney. I wanted to do this. I'll be the pastor's best friend. I will give crazy money to the church. I do not want to deal with church people. <laughs> Can't let it go. But to God dream, you'll be willing to give everything for it. Oh. I could sit and cry. My heart is so stirred in a positive way because I think the local church is the hope of the world. I think you are the greatest thing since sliced bread. I think you are the saints. I think you are changing the world. I think you're changing society and nobody's giving you credit. The media is not giving you credit. No one's giving you credit. Only heaven will applaud you. I just spent several days this week in, in Ireland with church planters 
and guys that are pastoring churches that are giving their life in obscure places. And every one of them, I'm sitting, I sit for six hours, one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. Tell me your dream. And they would begin to say, this is what I see God wanting to do. And these little hamlets, these little villages. No, it won't ever be great, but, but this is what God's called me to do. Wow. And they're giving their lives and they're raising their families on less money than anybody in this room would make but they can't let go of it. One guy said, I went and I tried and I failed and I went back to business and every time I do business, I make crazy money, but I just can't let go of this. So we've sold everything to follow this passion, this dream that God's put in our heart for this church. If it's a God-sized dream, it's gonna last forever. See, this is the thing, this is the reason why you give your life to this. Look, those cars, they're gonna break down one day. Those houses, they're gonna decay one day. That money will be lost in the market or somebody will take it or your kids will blow through it when you're dead and gone. But man, you, you do something that's eternal. You see, there's only, and there's only two things in this world that last forever, God's word and people, that's it. Buildings don't matter. Programs don't matter. Personalities don't matter. But people matter to God and his word matters. And so when you leverage your life, when you leverage your business, when you leverage, when your dream is connected to something that's eternal, it'll last forever. If it's a God dream, it meets a need that nobody else has met. It meets a, it meets a need that nobody else has met. I remember somebody telling me, Aaron, you want to do something great for God? Do something that nobody wants to do. Do it better than anybody else, and nobody will ever take your job. Well, nobody wanted to come to Germantown. And this is, you were the only people that would take me. Thank you. And I say that in a funny way, but I say that very honestly. Tammy and I are so honored to be able to get to spend our life with you. And with what God's called us here with you. And the deal is, is that we're gonna change the world from here. I'm just telling you, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Let the pandemics come and let them go, but the dream will remain. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I'm telling you, we're gonna do it. We're gonna run the race, we're gonna fight the fight. We're gonna win, baby, it's gonna happen. Because the dream is not about us. The dream is something that's way bigger than that. And ultimately it brings glory to God. Whatever it is, does it bring glory to God? God will not share his glory with anyone. And you go, well, Aaron, that's easy for you to talk about because what you do, you're a pastor. Yeah, but do you realize that like Romans 12 talks about the gift of giving. There are some of you that are business people and you have an ability to be able to create wealth, to make wealth. And God has given you that because he wants you to leverage that because it gives you a place of influence to speak to other people that don't listen to me. And it also gives you the ability to take your resources and leverage it for kingdom, ultimately, for seeing people come to faith in Jesus Christ. See, God dream, God and dreams, God delights in giving us dreams. And God is that dream giver. And so the question is simply this, are you dreaming? Or are you like how I've been? You're so busy just trying to take care of today that you just quit dreaming. 
Maybe in this moment you went, yeah, whoa, I haven't thought about that. I mean, look at businesses. There's no innovation happening in the world. Apple's not innovating some new product. Social media platforms are just trying to regurgitate and rename the products that they already have. Where's the innovation? Where, where, what, what, what's the new idea? No, we're just all trying to just survive. But God didn't call us to survive. He called us to thrive. He says, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. God gives us dreams to change the world. Are you dreaming? What's your dream? What's a dream for yourself? What's a dream for your family? What's a dream for your children? What's a dream from your future? Is it from the Lord? What are you doing to pursue that dream? Get up off your backside and run, go, give, do whatever it is at God. There's always going to be good times and bad times. There's always going to be economics, up times and down times. The Fed's going to raise the rate. The Fed's going to lower the rate. Uh, there's going to be wars and hardships, issues and obstacles. But don't let anything around you take away the ability that, of the dream that God has put in your heart. Go after the dream. Because every great idea, every great innovation, every great invention, every great business, every great ministry, it all began with a dream long before it ever became a reality. And it was all littered by a whole group of people that said it would never work until it does. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but if you don't hear anything else that I say today, hear this, God has a dream for your life and a plan and a purpose. And don't let the devil or somebody else or yourself talk you out of it. Pursue that that God's put in your heart. Go after it with all of your heart. I wanna pray for you today. Father, I just thank you today for your word. I thank you, God, that you, you create us in a way to speak to us, to fill us, with dreams. Your word says in Proverbs that without a vision, without a dream, we perish, we die. We, 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 without a dream for our family, our family dies. Without, without a dream for, for ministry, ministry dies. Without a dream for our business, the business dies. We, we're not created to, tr to trade days for dollars. We're not created just to get on a treadmill and just kind of just same in, same out, just day in, day out. We're not created to survive. We're created to have dominion on this planet and to cultivate it and to grow it. We're not created just to exist and to live in cities. Lord, you called us to, to, to wherever you placed us, wherever you've called us, whatever you planted us, that we're to seek the welfare of that city and in seeking the welfare of that city that we ourselves will be blessed. Dreams. Holy Spirit, revive those dreams in our hearts. God, rekindle those flames in us. Things that we haven't shared with anyone else, God, we just give them to you today. But God, let us go beyond just simply existing and let us dream. In Jesus' name, amen.